welcome back. And if this is your first class, welcome to Music Detention. I'm DJ AAA. When I received my honorable discharge from the United States Army in 1988, I had a new plan. Grow my hair as long as I could and wear it straight. Pierce my ears and wear colorful clothes. Mall stores were the thing back then, and I shopped at Jeans West, Merry-Go-Round, and The Wild Pair. I scored a sweet deal on an awesome Saab 900S, cherry red, a manual five-speed with tan leather seats and an actual car phone. Oh yeah, and a black punk sound system. I topped it all off with my Ampeg bass guitar amplifier, a white five-string Ibanez bass guitar, and a Yamaha DX9 synthesizer. Why? Girls. <laughs> Why else? And the prettiest girls, to me back then, were into MTV and glam metal. Some of you might know them as hairbands. Poison. Bon Jovi. Death Leopard. Guns and Roses. Where do we go now? Where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go now? Where do we go? Where do we go now? My favorite, Warrant. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. In 1988, I was all about chasing girls. And what you heard playing in my plush red Swedish coupe were songs like this one, sung by a dude known for dating pretty girls. His name was Janie Lane, Warren's charismatic frontman who married the prettiest girl in rock and roll. Mr. Janie had it all. Still, the dude wasn't a happy guy. And if you didn't know that, well, that's why you're here. Tonight in Music Detention, we are going to discuss and maybe debate 
the life and sad ending of Janie Lane, frontman of Warrant, and the Cherry Pie Guy. Open your music history books to 1988, the year that I walked away from the U.S. Army and stepped back into rock and roll. You're listening to Music Detention, and I'm DJ AAA. afternoon of August 11th, 2011, after 23 years of gigs on main stages and in smoky bars, 
playing national tours and international tours. And girls, 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 I was following through on my new career change. I had just got my commercial driver's license and was looking for a trucking company. I was driving home from an interview when I heard the news. A representative for the Los Angeles Police Department made the statement that Janie Lane, frontman of the band Warrant, had died. His body was found at a Comfort Inn hotel in Woodland Hills, California. It was determined later that Mr. Janie's cause of death was acute alcohol poisoning, meaning that he drank himself to death. Remember Amy Winehouse? Your neighbors were screaming I don't have a key for downstairs So I punched out the buzzers Hoping it wouldn't be there And now my head's hurting You say I always get my own way But you are in the Well, she died the same way, about two months earlier. Other than her security guard, Miss Amy was at home alone, meeting the monkey in her bedroom. My dad met the monkey the same way. Students from last year will probably remember that. And Miss Amy's death placed her in the 27 Club. Jamie Lane was 47 years old. Now, I will be honest with you, I wasn't following Warren anymore. Mr. Janey and the band were on again and off again. There was some legal stuff, and at that point, I just wasn't interested anymore. Mr. Janey had everything back in the day. Talent, looks, a monster band, a string of hits that made the Hot 100, and albums on the Billboard 200. Mr. Janey married the prettiest girl in rock and roll. I think I said that already. But still, he wasn't happy and he used alcohol to take his pain away. And it finally did. Tonight's class is going to be different because I'm speaking only about one member of a band. Warrant, being a 90s rock band, had the same rags to riches to rags again story that most other bands had from that era. So why speak on them? Love it or hate it, but Janie Lane made Warrant great. It's not the other way around, so we won't waste time with them. Three things come to mind when you discuss Janie Lane. His songwriting skills, his marriage to Bobby Jean Brown, and his untimely death in 2001. I first learned of Warrant when I saw the video for Heaven on MTV. I began loving this band when I walked into Musicland on the Landing Mall and bought the album Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinkin' It. This was Warren's first album, released in January 1989. Now, I need to turn the pages back to 1986, so let's do this. Janie Lane 
became a member of Warrant after the original singer and drummer left to start another band. The band members really didn't want Mr. Janey's drummer. His name is Stephen Sweet. But Mr. Janey wouldn't join the band without him. Besides, Mr. Stephen also sang. So, since I can't come up with a better segue, here's the lineup of Warrant, just to keep us on the same page. There's bassist Jerry Dixon, guitarist Eric Turner, frontman Jamie Lane, drummer Stephen Sweet, and guitarist Joey Allen. Now, at the same time that Warrant was establishing itself, I was making the transition from active duty to the Army Reserve. There's still two years left on my commitment to Uncle Sam. And the song I turned up every time I heard it on the radio was this one, Madonna's Live to Tell. My point, I was around back then. But does that validate me as an authority? No, sadly, it doesn't. Do a search and you will find more than a dozen videos and blogs about Janie Lane and Warrant. So if you want to know more about Mr. Janie or Warrant, look them up. I'm not a know-it-all, if anything. I'm only an old dude doing what an old dude does. Like I always say, there are people out there who are better and know more about these subjects than I do. Then again. Songwriters, award-winning songwriters that is, have one thing that terrifies them. Nirvana's Kurt Cobain had this fear, Michael Jackson had it, and Janie Lane had it. It is the fear of the great song. Now, I have a rant, but I'll save it for now. And instead, I'll say this. All it takes is one great song. Not a good song. Good songs, they're forgettable. Great songs don't die. They will outlive the writer, and a great song will most often define the writer. And for some, that could be a blessing or a curse. And Janie Lane, in a VH1 interview, went on a rant expressing his hate for his second greatest song. <laughs>
Why Do Fools Fall in Love was originally written by Herman Santiago and released by the teenagers in 1956. The last time I counted, this song had been re-recorded 80 times. Now, that's an example of a great song. Everyone knows my girl. And I, Dolly and Whitney's I Will Always Love You. Donnie Hathaway's This Christmas. Freddie Mercury's Bohemian Rhapsody. And Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit. Now, here's my rant. When Kurt Cobain saw the world's reaction to Smells Like Teen Spirit, the terror of the great song kicked in. He knew that he couldn't recreate Smells Like Teen Spirit, and that compounded his stress. Smells Like Teen Spirit, released September 10, 1991, was the biggest song of the 1990s and introduced grunge and the Seattle sound to the world. This song peaked at number six on the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart the same week that Nevermind, the album of this song, reached number one on the Billboard 200. Outside of the United States, Smells Like Teen Spirit topped the charts of Belgium, France, New Zealand, and Spain. It charted within the top five European countries and reached number five in Austria. Smells Like Teen Spirit had a two-year run, and during year three, Kurt Cobain killed himself. I believe, and that's me, I believe that a big part of Mr. Kurt's stress was knowing that he was not capable of backing Smells Like Teen Spirit with another hit song. Nirvana had nowhere to go but down from this point. Before I continue, I want to say one more thing. I'm an old guy. My tone may not sound like it, but trust me, in dog years, I'm about 500 years old. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Kurt Cobain could not handle life nor his fame. He used alcohol and heroin to end his life because competing with himself was just too much. Mr. Kurt only cared about Mr. Kurt. Look at the dude's life. He was always the center of his world and he hated it. Mr. Kurt's wife and baby girl could not show him enough love and ultimately Mr. Kurt just simply tapped out. He went home, bought heroin, beer and bullets and after he drank and shot up, Kurt Cobain pulled the trigger. So why am I saying this? Well, I'm saying this because Janie Lane, singer and frontman of Warrant, basically did the same thing. Sometimes I'm lost Sometimes I feel I'm often silent when I'm screaming inside Instead of love We tend to hate Never quite appreciate How much the other person cares or tries Hold me close Never let me go 
confused, but maybe someday. Janie Lane was found by a housekeeper on the morning of August 11, 2011. The Los Angeles Police Department and local news stations announced that Mr. Janie was found dead of acute alcohol poisoning at the Comfort Inn Hotel in Woodland Hills, California. Janie Lane was 47 years old. Mr. Janie was pronounced dead by the fire department personnel who responded to a call shortly after 5.30 a.m. Janie Lane was just like Kurt Cobain. He had everything to live for and reasons to celebrate. So let's begin with that. Turn the pages in your music history books to 1989 and we'll start with the album and song that may warrant a contender and my favorite glam band of the 1990s. After Reason to Live, I said goodbye to Kiss. There was a new band in LA, and their chart-topping ballad pushed Reason to Live aside. The name of this new song is Heaven. The band is Warrant, and the singer is the songwriter Janie Lane. Got a picture of your house, and you're standing by the door. It's black and white and faded. Look and pretty warm See the factory that it worked Silhouetted in the back The memories are great But man, they're really coming back I don't need to be the king of the world As long as I'm the hero of this living 
Heaven has a big sound, just the right amount of reverb. The snare pops and the acoustic guitar strums are fresh and crispy. And the vocals, well, they're stellar. The words are simple, a dude singing to his girl. The song is inspiring and girls love this song. The color of her eyes, blue, brown, hazel, or green, it doesn't matter, just sing the song. Heaven topped the Billboard Hot 100 at number two, and it ended 1989 at number 15. Would you like to hear one and two? Here's number one, Look Away by Chicago. Well, you called me up this morning, told me about the new love you found. I said I'm happy for you. I'm really happy for you Found someone else I guess I won't be coming round I guess it's over, baby It's really over, baby Whoa. And from what you said I know you've gotten over me It'll never be The way it used to be So if it's gotta be this way And number two, My Prerogative by Bobby Brown. The album was Don't Be Cruel. This was the second song. And man, I'm telling you, the entire album is really good. Heaven is Warren's biggest song, selling a half million copies in the United States and another 50,000 copies in Canada. The album, Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinkin' Rich, was written by Janie Lane by himself. There are 10 total tracks, and four of the 10 tracks made the Hot 100. And the album itself peaked at number 10 on the Billboard 200. I mentioned earlier that a great song can be a blessing and a curse. 
Cherry Pie is a great song and Janie Lane is going to experience both sides of the great song. Cherry Pie, as far as Mr. Janie is concerned, is his great song, but is it? The song was released in September 1990 as the lead single from the album with the same name. The song became a top 10 hit on the Billboard Hot 100, reaching number 10 and also reached number 19 on the mainstream rock tracks. And this song has been cited by many as a hair metal anthem. And this song went double platinum, selling two million copies. Cherry Pie was a late addition to the band's second album, which was originally going to be called Uncle Tom's Cabin. The president of Columbia Records, a dude named Don Einer, wanted a rock anthem, so he called frontman and songwriter Janie Lane, and according to Janie Lane, he wanted a song reminiscent of Aerosmith's Love in an Elevator.
So Mr. Janey sat down and he wrote a song in 15 minutes. Guitarist Joey Allen stated that the marketing and everything changed. This song was definitely driven by the label and not the band. Now to be truthful, and you can hear it, Cherry Pie was inspired by another song. Step inside, walk this way, you and me, babe. Hey, hey! Yeah, we like a bomb, baby, come and get it on. Living like a lover with a radar phone. Looking like a tramp, like a video bam. Demolition woman. Def Leppard's Pour Some Sugar On Me, which believe it or not, was also a last minute addition to the group's Hysteria album, was written down on a pizza box, which is now on display in the Hard Rock Cafe in Destin, Florida, part of the Destin Commons. The guitar solo was played by Poison's guitarist C.C. DeVille, as a favor to Jamie Lane, who was a longtime friend. Many of the band members felt that Cherry Pie was not one of the better songs on the album, and they see this song as a double-edged sword. It brought them fame, but many of their other songs were overshadowed by this major hit. On VH1's Heavy, The Story of Metal Episode 3 Looks That Kill is where Janie Lane expressed his regret for writing Cherry Pie. Intensified. The formula was simple. Metal bands were selling big and selling out. I hate that song. I had no intention of writing that song. The record was done. The record was called Uncle Tom's Cabin. And Donnie and I were called up and said, I don't hear the single. You gotta give me a single like Love in an Elevator. I need something like that. So that night I wrote Cherry Pie, sent it to him. He lived with it over the weekend, and all of a sudden, the album's called Cherry Pie. The record's called Cherry Pie. I'm doing Cherry Pie eating contests. The single's Cherry Pie, right? If I'm lying, I'm dying. And my legacy's Cherry Pie. Everything about me is Cherry Pie. I'm a Cherry Pie guy. I could shoot myself in the head.
for writing that song. Mr. Janey said, I could shoot myself in the head for writing that song. But he later clarified that he was going through something at the time of the VH1 interview. A divorce and his mom had just passed away. Mr. Janey stated that he had no ill feelings toward the association of this song. It is his song, by the way. And he was simply asked on a bad day. Cherry Pie did one more thing for Janie Lane. It brought love into his life. But I'm getting ahead of myself, so let's back this thing up. She Cries is a power ballad released in 1989 as the fourth single on Warren's debut album Dirty Rotten Filthy Stinkin' Rich. The song charted at number 11 on the mainstream rock tracks chart and number 20 on the Billboard Hot 100. The music video is about a woman who has a child and her husband leaves her. You would think that a good-looking, fun-loving guy with a sensitive side who writes love songs would not have relationship issues with women. <laughs> think again. Mr. Janey's biggest song, as far as I'm concerned, is Heaven. I love that song. But there are others. Mr. Janey's songs, especially his ballads, tell a story. Closed the door 
Saw Red is another power ballad. It was released in December 1990 and the second single from Warren's second album Cherry Red. The song reached number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 in February 1991 and number 14 on the Mainstream Rock Tracks chart and number 36 on the Australian charts and spawned two music videos. I Saw Red is a story of infidelity, and depending on who you ask, you will hear that this story is fact, and then some will say that it's fiction. But I will let you decide. Here's the story. Mr. Janie sings about being devoted to a girl, and his heart gets broken when he walks in on her with another dude. Janie Lane had some high-profile relationships. Singer Becker Bromlett. Singer Becca Bramlett, a short-term replacement for Stevie Nicks, was said to be the woman that Mr. Janey was dating and the inspiration for this song. It was said that he walked in on her and his friend at the time, Bon Jovi's Richie Sambora. And the look on her face told him everything. Something that I've just got to say Wonder if you'll hear me while you're dreaming You make a lifetime out of every day Thanks to you, now I know Blind Faith is Warren's fourth power ballad. It was released in 1991 as the fourth single from Warren's second album, Cherry Pie. The song charted at number 88 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 39 on the Mainstream Rock Tracks chart. Mr. Janey's relationship with model and actress Bobby Brown, the woman in the video Cherry Pie, lasted for two years. They married in July 1991, they had daughter Taylor in 1992, and divorced in 1993. Miss Bobby blamed Mr. Janey's drinking and cheating, but people who knew them both said that they cheated on each other. And Miss Bobby confessed all of this herself in print. One night when Janey was out on the road, Slash called and invited me to see Guns N' Roses play in downtown Los Angeles. He had no idea that he'd been subject of our arguments. Slash was just a nice guy who felt sorry for me. I was six months along by now and I wasn't feeling too sexy. Thanks to feeling constantly rejected by Janie. I fought the feelings of panic that welled up inside me from time to time, the sense that maybe I'd made a mistake, that I was too young for all of this, that I wasn't ready to be a wife, let alone a mother. 
that I'll just go to the show, I thought. I wanted to feel like a kid again just for a second. I showed up at the venue and headed straight to the backstage area to say hi to my bud, Slash and Duff. I know somebody who wants to meet you, Slash said from behind his curtain of curls. Really? You've got to be kidding. I look like Mount King Everest. I'd forgotten what it felt like to be desired. A familiar thrill flooded through my veins. So, who is it? I asked Slash. Skid Row was opening for Guns N' Roses that night. Their front man, Sebastian Bach, was one of the most beautiful men in rock. A cross between a heavy metal Viking and Lord Byron, he had a romantic feminine face that was prettier than any girl's, mine included. I heard a high-pitched scream, Hey! It was Sebastian, kicking open the door to the dressing room in his all-pouty, tight-trousered glory. He's crazy, I whispered to Slash. Yep, Sebastian's eyes scanned the room, resting on me. He walked toward me, grabbing a handful of ice cubes from a champagne bucket on his way over, then stuffing the ice down my shirt. I almost gave birth on the spot. Hi, I'm Sebastian, he said. Will you watch my band tonight? He had a giant booger hanging out of his nose. I stood side stage watching Skid Row play mesmerized. At one point, Sebastian walked over and spat at me, which I believe was his way of saying hi. At the after party, he was all over me like a rash. Frankly, after months of rejection from Janie, the attention felt good. Suddenly, Sebastian pushed me up against the wall of the dressing room, pushing against the unborn child in my belly. I glanced around the room, but everyone was too wasted to notice. When he stuck his tongue down my throat, I thought I might gag, but I didn't push him away. A few minutes later, he came up for air. I want to see you again, he slurred. Sebastian, this isn't a good time, I said, pointing at my belly. The next night, Guns N' Roses played again, and against my better judgment, I went back. I spotted Sebastian and went over to say hello. Oh, hey, Bobby, he said, looking busy. Meet Maria, my wife. I held out my hand, smiling sweetly, feeling like an idiot. I thought about Janie on the road. I imagined the number of unpregnant, uncomplicated groupies who must probably be surrounded by at that very moment. My heart felt heavy with a mix of guilt, jealousy, and resentment. Oh, nice to meet you, Maria. You really missed a great show last night. In 1996, Janie Lane married actress Rowan Brewer, a former Miss Maryland, USA. They had daughter Madison in 1997, and they divorced in 2005. On March 10, 2010, Mr. Janey married his third wife, Kimberly Nash. Their marriage lasted a year and a half with Mr. Janey committing suicide in 2011. Sadly, on December 14, 2020, Miss Kim died in an auto accident. In the Bobby Brown book, Dirty Rocker Boys, released in 2012, Miss Bobby unleashed a secret that Mr. Janie told her in confidence. The last few years of Janie's life were unbearably painful, not just for him, but for all of us who loved him. Terrified of the people he thought were following him and haunted by his fears and paranoia, he sank back into his alcoholism and would never fully emerge. In 2010, I got a call from his on-off girlfriend, Sheila Lucier with whom he was living with in Woodland Hills. She said Janie was having a meltdown and that he was asking for me. I drove over there as soon as I got off work at La Paz. By now, everyone in Janie's life was accustomed to his alcohol-related breakdowns, but this one seemed different. I pulled up outside Sheila's house and Janie shuffled off the door. He wanted to get in the car with me. Listen, I am not taking you to get alcohol, I said irritated. I felt bad for him, but boozing wasn't about to start solving his problems now. He looked terrible. He was bloated, his hair was unkept, his hands quivered on his lap, his skin was waxy. Just drive, drive, he screamed. Whoa, I thought he was scaring me. 
Even though I had known Janie for nearly 20 years, I had never, ever seen him this out of control. Take me to a liquor store, Bobby. No fucking way, Janie. Why are you killing yourself? People love you. You have fans, a career. You're talented. He was sobbing, punching the roof of my car. I begged him to stop. I'd seen him sloppy, emotional, needy, incontinent, puking, incoherent, you name it. But I'd never seen him this angry. Janie, will you tell me what the fuck is wrong with you? I can't. You'll stop loving me. You stopped loving me before, remember? No, Janie, I just couldn't deal with the cheating. You know that. Okay, just be quiet. Let me speak. I sat in silence, between sobs and punching the window of my car. He told me the secret he had been carrying around for more than 20 years. He was 19 when it happened. It was after a show. An older man, a major rock star, had invited Janie to hang out with him and the big guys. Janie was young and easily impressed. Later that night, along with an accomplice, this major rock star put Janie through an ordeal he had been too ashamed to talk about until this moment. It was violent. It was ugly. It was exploitive. Janie said he had been too scared to tell anybody and had been pushing the memory under the carpet, pretending it wasn't there. Janie was a proud man and hated to think of himself as a victim. Now, finally I understood why he'd been acting like one for so many years. I started to cry. You have to do something, Janie. Can't we tell somebody? No, it's embarrassing. F*** that. It would be humiliation for life, he sobbed, and that motherfucker knows it. That's how he gets away with it. They lie to these young guys who are trying to make it in the music industry and fight them to their show and they pull this shit. They get away with it because nobody who is trying to make it is going to f*** with them. Nobody. I helped him back in the house and drove home alone, crying the whole way. I couldn't believe that he had been carrying around this with him for so long. I couldn't believe that there was nothing I could do. I kept quiet about what Janie had revealed to me, and Janie and I never discussed it. Honestly, I didn't want to believe it. I was hoping that this was just bait to sell her book. But in a 2004 radio interview with the Monsters of Rock on the Fremont, Ohio radio station 92.1 The Wolf, Janie Lane validates Miss Bobby Brown's words with this statement. Janie, sorry to keep you waiting, man. That's all right. All right, so what can you legally talk about, man, with all this battle that's going on with hey, you? I don't care. <laughs> right on, good attitude. Do me, put me in jail, what, they whip me, I don't care. I've been divorced, married, raped, I don't care. I've been divorced, married, raped, I don't care. Shortly before his death, he confessed to me that part of the reason he drank was because he had been drugged and raped by a member of a famous heavy metal band and their manager when he was just starting out on the strip. Stories of women being abused in the rock scene are all too common, but it's rare to hear about the male victims, perhaps because the stigma for them is so much greater. Janie was too ashamed to ever talk to anyone about it, and in the understandable absence of a Me Too movement for male musicians, he suppressed his anger and used alcohol to tune out his feelings of shame. Now this is sad. We hear about the messed up things that celebrities, people in power, and with influence do to people new to the game. So, for you up-and-comers, I'll just say to watch yourself, beware, and know going in what you're up against. There are no real shortcuts in the music business, especially in the music business. And there's nothing wrong with doing old-fashioned work and going at it the hard way. The management organization that looked after the affairs for Janie Lane launched a lawsuit against his estate, claiming that the family 
owes a share of $3.5 million. TMZ reports the money was earned when Janie Lane's estate sold some of his music to a publishing company, just having fun productions. Janie Lane's former managers say that they were entitled to 50% of that amount totaling $562,000. Even though they agreed to accept 12.5%, $468,750, no payment ever came and just for fun had filed a legal claim for the full $562,000. Jamie Lane, the former lead singer of the once hugely popular hairband Warrant, was found dead inside a Comfort Inn hotel room in the Woodland Hills section of Los Angeles, according to police. The cause of death is currently unknown, now pending a coroner's investigation. Beginning in the mid-80s, Warrant found widespread success with the release of several hit rock anthems such as Cherry Pie and Heaven, many of which were written by Lane. By the 1990s, tensions had built among Lane and the other members of Warrant. He eventually quit the band in 1992, only to again rejoin and then again quit the group on several further occasions throughout the years. Lane had also achieved further fame through his appearances on VH1's Celebrity Fit Club series, and aside from his weight, the singer had also struggled with sobriety in the past. He had been repeatedly arrested and even served 120 days in jail last year for DUI offenses. Lane was 47 years old. Ken Lombardi, CBSNews.com. Janie Lane died in 2011 at the age of 47 as a result of acute alcohol poisoning. He left Warrant and rejoined them a number of times over the years, but finally departing for good in 2008. Soon after his death, his sister, Vicki Oswald Lee, stated that Mr. Janey had been battling his illness for about 10 years. Alcoholism is not something that he chose, she said. It is something that he fought every day, and it just won. Warrant bassist Jerry Dixon spoke about his ex-bandmate's death earlier this year. Honestly, it was horrible, he told Eon Music, describing the hopeless feeling of watching a family member suffer. We brought sober coaches out and set up AA meetings and took all of the fun stuff off the rider, all of the alcohol, and really tried to create an environment that was conducive to someone being sober. Mr. Jerry described Mr. Janey's descent as a long, painful death, one drink at a time. He fought, and he did the best he could. Warrant has two lineups, and I'll be honest with you, I was done with this band when Warrant tried to match the 90s Seattle sound. The world just doesn't need another Alice in Chains. One more thing, there's another reason why heaven is great, at least from where I'm sitting. The song can be played easily with major chords and a 1-5-4 chord progression. This progression works for the chorus, but isn't totally right for the verse. In the verse, when you play the major 5 chord, add the third note as the bass, making that note a minor third. 
If you're already using sevenths, the third will be in the chord. Now this is for beginners, so, so don't try to check me. If you're learning the guitar or piano, learn this song. Most people know it and people will sing along. Bands that I've played with that did this song played it in F or G and added the minor third. Actually, I added the minor third because I'm the bass player. Your vocals will cover it, so for real, for real, only a musician will hear the difference. If you're new at the piano, I would suggest you learn it in C. And remember, this song modulates a full step at the guitar solo and again at the final chorus. Okay, one last thing. I was thinking about the album cover, but dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking rich. And you know what? I think I'm gonna look for a t-shirt. You're listening to Music Detention, and I'm DJ AAA. Someone takes their life every 11 minutes. We need to stop this. I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. You could cut ties with all the lives that you've been living in. And if you do not want to see me again, I would understand. Life is a gift, so live it. If you need to talk, call someone. Know that the world will be a better place as long as you're a part of it. Music Detention is brought to you by Smiley Enterprises Incorporated and this radio station. Re-recordings for personal use are prohibited. I am just an old guy with a microphone who's listened to a lot of radio as a kid and played in a gazillion cover bands over about a 30-year span. I've talked about my experiences and what I remember, but don't take my words as the law. Question what you hear. Look things up and correct me when I'm wrong. Maybe the way I remember it isn't exactly how it was. For show transcripts and other useful information, go to the Music Detention website. We spell music with a Z and a K. There's also a Facebook page, and it would be great if you logged on and told me what you think. Good or bad, your comments are appreciated. You can also ask for the names of the songs that I spun for this class. Really, I don't mind sharing. After many of these classes has aired on this station, they are placed on demand so you can return to them whenever you like. Visit this station's app or website for a listing of what classes are available. New music detention classes are made available on demand the Monday after they've aired. You can find them on Spotify, iHeartRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, at least for a little longer anyway. Not all of these apps are free. Still, if you are a user of any of these, just search Music Detention and listen whenever you like. And please consider giving Music Detention a like 
and a subscribe. Let me know that you're a listener and know that your input goes a long way. You would be doing this radio station a solid if you just listen right here. Support local radio first. They're working hard to keep you because you matter. Let the station manager know that you're a listener and of any ideas that you may have. Your input is the first step to change and your comments are appreciated. Well, that's all I've got. Thanks for listening and for putting up with me. Have an amazing week. You can do it. And Lord willing, we will do this again soon. You're listening to Music Detention and I'm DJ AAA.